We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land in which we record this podcast today, the Arakwal people of the Bunjalong Nation, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jake Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here Here we go. go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie and all our bumpies listening. How are you this week? I um, I think it's funny. We always say that we don't mask, don't match each don't other's energy. Okay. <laughs> no, we do do that. Um, yes. We don't match each other's energy. We balance each other out. That's how we like to put it. When you're good, I'm generally shit. When I'm good, you're generally <laughs> shit. And you're bloody fantastic, I think, because you've just come home from a health retreat. And I'm whatever the opposite of a health retreat is today. Oh, I just had a weekend of solo parenting and I'm extremely lucky that I kind of solo parent very infrequently, but it just seems to be that whenever Nick goes away, shit hits the fan. Like Pearl is sick. I reckon the only time I slept last night was between 3.30 and 6.30 a.m., I am like hanging on today. I feel like oh, I was babe. already like normal December tired before and oh, now no. I am like a combination of hungover, jet lagged. Uh, like I just, anyway, the poor love is is not well, just like classic third child thing that it went, you know, Goldie was a little bit unwell and then Poppy was sick all week last week and then I was so excited about today because it was her first day back at daycare and now of course Pearl's got it anyway it's all good though we actually had a really beautiful weekend aside from that a few months ago Poppy had said to me that she wanted to get this toy called a magic mixie and I believe you know about them and I was like is it the one in the is it the one in the it's um, the one in the cauldron the cauldron. Okay, I cauldron? don't. I still don't understand it. But take us through it. Yeah, I don't it's get like it. this plastic thing in a cauldron. Cauldron, cauldron. Anyway, don't come at me. I barely slept, and Tea even pot? if I had slept, I still don't know. Potato, potato. And <laughs> you put like a little potion mix thing in, and then there's a magnet thing, and then this soft toy comes out of it. Anyway, it's quite a lot of effort. The main thing is, it is a hundred. And I said to her, this is actually when our whole pocket money thing started. And I said to her, Pops, I'm just not, I'm not buying you a toy that is $100. And it's not like a doll's house or like a play kitchen or something that is like endless imaginative play with it. Like I know she's going to be over this thing so quickly. And anyway, it was her idea that she wanted to build like a lemonade stand and sell them to make enough money to buy this magic mixie. And anyway, my brother's a builder and he caught wind of this and he was like, Pops, 
I'll build one for you. Let's build it together. Anyway, the weekend finally came and on Saturday in the heat, my brother was at our house all day. Actually, they went off to Bunnings in the morning first together, got the supplies. She doesn't quite understand that she started off already about $260 in the red and she's got to pay that back before she's then in the green. But we're teaching her all about starting up a business. And yeah, they went off to Bunnings together. They got some wood and they they built it. They've painted it pink. It's so, so sweet. And then yesterday in the afternoon, Poppy and Goldie sat out the front selling. They ended up selling watermelon juice instead of lemonade because none of the lemons at the supermarket had enough juice and they were going to be too expensive. So we said, babe, just buy a few watermelons instead. Your margins will be better. People still will want the watermelon juice. I even um, made sure I had my square reader out the front so that when people walked past and said they didn't have cash, the girls knew to say, don't worry, we take card too. (laughs) And the other approach that was smart is they said to people, you can pay what you want. And this tugged on people's heartstrings and I reckon they spent more. Now, these girls have been given the most unrealistic expectations now on what a good going hourly rate is because they earned a freaking fortune. (laughs) But it was so fun. It was really fun and it was so great to see them kind of like get the courage to say to these people walking past, you know, would you like some watermelon juice and explain to them whether they wanted a big or a small and it was just so sweet of my brother he was standing on the corner of our street which is near the beach with, with his shirt off well, <laughs> with a fresh peddling. juice sign yes. and an arrow dancing around so anyway it was good fun it was good fun it was just a shame that then um, after quite a big day last night I did not sleep at all but tell us about you because you've got positive vibes just shining out your ear holes out of my asshole. one I am sorry to hear that that's happened this weekend but I did jump on at the end of the retreat because I did go on a retreat and I thought you had a it's funny that when you say when you look at people's Instagram without checking in you actually have no idea at all because for me I was like oh she's had a fabulous family full day of like at the beach and doing this I had no idea you were on your own and actually drowning in sickness and come on you work on Instagram too (laughs) You know, know it's not real life. No, I'm kidding. No, totally. My stories were real life. Where was Nick anyway? My posts were fake life. He just went camping with his friend. They went on like a surf camping trip. Here I am saying I solo parented all weekend. He went away for one like whole day and then one night, but it feels like he was gone for three years because I was awake the entire time. So, But tell us about the retreat. The retreat was just brilliant. Now, we decided to gift each other this for our Christmas present. Yes, it's a bit lavish, but we are very into our mental health and, you know, and really nurturing that. And there was a two for one deal opportunity. And we thought if mom and dad can look after the kids for a few nights, why don't we do it? And I'm so glad we did because around this time of year, everyone gets stressed. We get a bit cranky at each other. Um, and we were able to actually disconnect from life completely and not stress, not worry about certain things. And I'll admit, and I admitted there that I was walking in that retreat, really not loving my husband and not feeling that I was getting that back lately. And for the past few months, I just feel like there was a huge disconnect there. I'm sorry to hear that. That's all right. It happens. And I 
I can't tell you, like, when you drop all these extra external things in life, and I'm not saying that we should all or we can do that, but the opportunity that we gave ourselves to be able to do that was Mm life-changing because it happens every time we do something together, whether it's just a date or a night away, we instantly fall back in love with each other. Mm. We act like teenagers again. And it is just like, what I think the group said, thank you for, I guess, sharing a, such a playful and cheeky relationship because that's what they saw. And I think it was really nice to hear that because, you know, usually we're just so stressed and tired. We don't cuddle. We don't. And any playful energy I feel like you've got as a parent gets put to the children. It does. And, you know, and you, almost like you can never have enough for the kids so it's not like you've like it's so rare to have oh, more than you need for the children that definitely. you can then show that to one another and we it's funny because we came home last night and he slept in um, one of the girls beds and the other two slept with me and there was no cuddling or anything like that but we looked at each other and we laughed and we're like how awesome is that we can appreciate that we still we still love each other and we still do have that connection and it was a mm. great reminder that it's not anything else it's just life and stresses get in the way it's overwhelming for everyone and it's not the foundation that's actually upset so we were stoked on that we were stoked that we could actually just have a mental break from just like we were able to read a book by the pool and not be interrupted by anything. And I know this sounds so, everyone would be going, oh, you're a wanker because, you know, it's crazy time of year and not many people get to do this. But if you get the opportunity to have two nights away or whatever you want to do that would fill up your cup with your partner, please go and do it once a year or two times a year if you can. It is just the most incredible thing and and it was for us. If you feel like you're in the thick of it and leaving, like, you know, going out of your situation doesn't seem possible. I actually had like this moment the other night. It was the night before Nick went away and we had a really rough night with Pearl because she was sick. And, you know, we were like tag teaming who was going in to try and resettle her. And I think sometimes it is just remembering at the crux of it that, you were something before you were parents. And in the morning, I just felt like I I like made this effort. And I said to Nick, I said, I'm really proud of the way that we handled that last night, because I feel like it's so easy overnight to get grumpy at each other and be like, oh, I was just in there. Like you go, you go. And we just, I think just made an effort that night to speak really kindly to one another. And in the morning, I just thought it was nice to be like, oh, I'm really proud of the way that we handled that. Like, I think we made a really good team last night. And so it's one of those things that, you know, we were starting the day tired and we felt like we were starting the day on the back foot, but at least we knew we were going into it as a team, even if, you know, some other things were against us. And so I think that sometimes when you are in the trenches and, you know, there are times at the moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, who are you over there on the other side of the room fulfilling mm. some other need that needs to be filled? Yeah. That it's like, no, 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 at the core of it, we are still there and we still do choose one another. There's just a lot of other things around us that need us at the yeah. same time. Absolutely. I think also with this retreat, what I love so much is that it is, it's no phones. So everyone has no garter. Everyone has like, they don't have a device in front of them. So I feel like in this generation right now, 
everyone has a phone. Like it's, you just can't, you can't get away. You can't escape from technology. It is what it is. And that's fine. But here, like the people that you would never probably talk to, we spoke to, and I met like two really brilliant women who I will probably have a relationship going forward because Mm. we had the biggest bond. It was absolutely incredible. And what we got out from other people's, you know, conversations was just so empowering. There is something about Remember, and I don't know who and how old you are, but being in the 90s and growing up in the 90s or 80s and 90s and 2000s, early 1000s, it was such a nice thing to be able to speak to people. You really do get thrown when you realize how much you don't have the opportunity to have a normal normal conversation with mm. people around you anymore. It's or really like a spontaneous conversation. Yeah. And and I don't know, it's just it's invigorating to know that you can have it but the only place that we could find that is at a health retreat where everyone's told you can't have your phone Mm, mm. but anyway it was great blah 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 let's get into this um in today's episode actually actually before we get into today's episode I have I don't even know if this falls under mum hack or rude or fabulous or what but it's to tell you the pros of screen time so last week, <laughs> we always want to hear about the pros of screen time. Yes, we do. Last week, Poppy was sick. It was going on and on and on. And I think we were up to about day three or day four of her illness. And she was in bed and she was coughing and she's like, mom, I can't fall asleep because I can't stop coughing. And I was like, oh, I know, sweetheart. It's so annoying. And she goes, mom, I just hate being sick so much. And I said, yeah, no, I know. I hate when I'm sick. And she turns to me and she goes, but you know what, mom? It's just a part of life. <laughs> and I looked at her and I went, what did you say? She goes, I just know that being sick's a part of life. And I said, it is. Where did you get that? Like, what made Bluey. you say that? And she goes, Bluey. Bluey. And oh, I said, I was right. Fuck yes, Bluey. I Thank said, here I am whenever I'm sick. I'm like, the world is so unfair. It's so unfair. Da, 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 da. Here's my five-year-old just being like, I know it's a part of life. And she goes, everyone who's alive today has been sick at some point. And I said, that is true. So there you go, everyone. Screen time can make your child have profound thoughts. <laughs> Mainly just Bluey. And also Bluey has a 28-minute episode that Mia has just told informed me about this morning coming out soon. So watch this space i think it's next year the only downfall of bluey is the episodes are over too fast (laughs) seven minutes isn't long enough i also did a little mathematics game with her i said so how many bluey episodes is in that 128 minute episode mia and she's like four and i'm like okay i need to actually check that out before i actually come (laughs) back i think that's correct we measure things in our house by bluey time so we'll be like okay we're gonna go in this long or you know we've got this happening in this amount of time and and they say how long's that i'm like about one and a half blueies. They're like, okay. That's anyway, so today's good. episode, let's do it. Before we say, oh, God. What, def- yeah, no, we're never going to get there. No, but I want to say before we get into today's episode that it is two weeks till Christmas. And this is your reminder if you are anything like me, please, it's probably your last day to order online before it turns into a shit show. Is it so, really? Yeah, because it, it just, if you're like, rurally or whatever they say the cutoff is like the 12th and we're 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 close we're bang on it all right get your shit together now let's get into today's episode we spoke again to claire andrews she is a maternal child health nurse 
That gets me Mm -hmm. every time. Maternal child health nurse, we have spoken to her before and this week we chatted to her all about, I guess, tips and tricks to navigate your first Christmas and holiday season with a bub. We know it can be an overwhelming and stressful time regardless and then I guess throw in getting to know this baby, getting to know a baby's rhythm and routine and you know, going to events and people's opinions and everything else. So Jade and I and Claire kind of gave some of our personal experience and advice and Claire also offered professional advice as well. And it's just, I guess, a lighthearted chit chat to take some of that pressure off. Yeah, it's great. And I would actually put it in the category of an entire episode of a mum hack. So we hope yeah, you enjoy. There were a lot of mum hacks in this one. <laughs> enjoy Hello, Claire, and welcome back so quickly to be on the Bump podcast. (laughs) For those who missed our last episode with you or haven't come across you before, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, My name is Claire. I am the founder of Safe Hands Early Parenting, which offers guidance and resources for people both making the transition into parenthood and also navigating the roller coaster that is early parenting. And I work as a maternal child health nurse. So I have my midwifery qualification, my nursing, and then I've done my postgrad to work within the community in my little town in Victoria. So yes, and I've got two little girls. So I've got a almost two-year-old and an almost four-year-old and I have a podcast called The Moment as well. So it's all the things, but all the fun things. Fiton.com. But this was a last minute inclusion to Mm. the podcast lineup. First of all, our beautiful Bumpies loved our chat with you a few weeks back that was about the four-month dip and the eight-month drop. It resonated with so many people. And then we also felt like lots of Bumpies were writing in saying, help, I'm finding my baby's first Christmas or the thoughts of my baby's first Christmas really overwhelming. I don't know how to navigate this season. I feel like I'm just getting the hang of it at home and now all of a sudden I have four events in two days. So we are kind of coming at this. We want some of your professional input, but we also are all going to share, I think, a bit of our personal input too. We have Six, eight, eight children between us. Good man. Jade, you've been doing Christmases for 10 years. I've been doing them for six years. You've been doing them for... Almost, yeah, four years, almost yeah. four years. So we think between us, we hope that we can like simmer down that pressure and that stress and bring a bit more of the joyful spirit and magic of Christmas <laughs> back. And I've already got a hack. Oh, go. Oh, what is it? Ladies, less is more. Less mm. is more. Because the older mm. they get... They want more and you can't (laughs) give more. So just start off with that. Start small. Yes. All right, let's get into it. We got our beautiful Bumpies to send in their questions or the things they were stressing about. And I actually like where we're starting because I can really relate to this one. And this was any advice on traditions to start. And someone else wrote in saying, please help. I'm feeling so stressed about what traditions to start. And I relate to this because I remember when... It was Poppy, my first, first Christmas. And I remember 
people around me were buying these beautiful personalized like wooden Christmas boxes and they, you know, had all these special things out on Christmas Eve and all these special things made and all this stuff. And I just had nothing and felt completely like paralyzed with indecision of what I wanted my family's Christmas traditions to be. And to be honest, I really didn't do any. And now I look back and I wish I could just give the old me a hug because I think that there's something so nice in waiting for the traditions to just organically form. And now Mm -hmm. that I actually have goosebumps because now that I have a near six-year-old and a near four-year-old, especially Poppy, she understands like what the spirit of Christmas is about now. And so many of the traditions have just formed in what they've kind of wanted or what has just appeared and none of it has been anything kind of thrust upon them, which is great because it means I haven't had to really do anything. What are your thoughts on Christmas traditions and do you guys have any? I'm going to agree with that because I started off going, oh, let's get the Santa photo every single year. And as you have more kids, the anxiety to line up in that line, I don't know what time, but in a shopping center is so overstimulating, not for just me, for the kids. Everyone's over it. It's too much. The stress of them going to cry or not cry is a lot. So I My parents just randomly did it when they were all happy this year and I thought, oh, that's great, but we don't even think about that. Our tradition as they got older has been watching Christmas movies all December. So when they get home after school, we pick a cool Christmas movie. Last Mm. night was Home Alone Mm. and we pick these Christmas movies. It'll be a cartoon or it'll be an old school one. They're now petrified that when you fly to Melbourne, someone's (laughs) going to be left behind. (laughs) Uni's like, take me with you. You're like, don't worry, babe. We would never forget about you. (laughs) But yeah, they're our our Christmas. That is our Christmas tradition and it's very low key and and it works well for us. What about you? I think that what you guys have both said, like it needs to naturally unfold. Yeah. It will declare itself. And I think when we really force these things, it is never going to be that enjoyable because we feel like we're forcing it in the moment and our expectations of ourselves, we're never going to live up to it. We're all just putting too much pressure on ourselves, I think, in general Mm. with the first couple of Christmases. I've definitely learned a lot having gone through Christmas now, I think three times with my oldest. This is the first year as Mm. an almost four-year-old that it's really like she's super engaged with it and it's Santa everything and she can't wait for the reindeer to land on the roof. This is the first year. So I've really, we've had two years free and clear where I've really just added a lot of stress to my plate, trying to think of these things and putting out the things for Santa the night before and making sure I've got carrots because, I mean, if you don't have carrots, you've got to go out and buy the carrots to leave the reindeer for a one or two year old who really could not <laughs> give a damn and doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. So I think coming back to the base of this is going to declare itself and mm. letting those things naturally unfold. Like Jade, you probably didn't sit there six years ago, seven years ago thinking, oh yeah, we're definitely going to watch a Christmas movie in the lead up and that was going to be our no, thing. No, you probably thought there'd never be any screen time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no screens happening. Exactly. And that and that there would be all wooden toys and it would be like all the Christmas presents. There's going to be nothing electronic. I think we, we get into the habit of putting a lot of pressure on ourselves during this time and coming back to like, is this bringing us joy? 
And that's the thing for some people, they love that. Like I have a friend and she loves that. She does a similar thing for Easter, you know, like the tooth fairy has a special box. Like, you know, she, she loves that. And I think that's Mm. awesome. That brings her joy. She absolutely loves that. But that stressed me out. And I was actually laughing to one of my friends. She came over yesterday. You know, we've just done the Christmas tree. She goes, why do you only have two stockings hanging up? And it's so funny because the first stocking says Poppy on it. My mum and dad got it for her first Christmas. The second stocking is a generic like pudding <laughs> and there is no stocking no. for Pearl and I was like I'm just gonna hang up a garbage bag and that is truly what being the first second, second and, and third, third child yes. is like it goes personalized generic <laughs> garbage bag <laughs> and you know, so what? True. you know what Pearl will love that she would have so much more fun with a garbage bag at what 10 months 11 yeah. months of age under supervision of course under supervision absolutely. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an example even like yesterday right I had so much to do I had to take one of my kids to the dentist I had to do something for myself and I'm in Kmart and I'm like shit I haven't put the Christmas tree up yet I can't find the bottom of it I mean that's already the stress thing of Mm. like where is it all Mm. in the garage and then I'm like do we have baubles I don't know where they are then I got home and I was like I can't I'm so tired I've got to cook dinner that's just not going to happen today so we still haven't got the tree up and to be honest I don't even know where the tree or when it's going to be here. Just and when move, we're the do fiddle, it. move the fiddle leaf into the move, living room and, and, and pop, it, pop some tinsel on it. But no yes. one really cares. I mean, I know this is going to be beautiful when we all do put Mariah Carey on. I mean, that is another tradition. We do put Mariah Carey on when we do, you know, put the baubles and decorate the Christmas tree. That is a fun time. But I'm just yet to get to that point. Yeah. We've mm. had Jingle Bells playing since July. They oh, don't quite nice. understand. What's Christmas, Christmas in July? Carol. But, yeah, some things we do is like, yeah, we put the Christmas tree up. We all wear matching jammies. We play some music. It's really fun. And then we do the advent calendar. I've just, just absolutely flipped and got fully on board with Elf on the Shelf. But we do it our own mm. way, which is completely low minimal, low-key. As long as she moves, they could not care less. My kids are so gullible I'm actually slightly concerned. The other day Poppy went downstairs before me and she goes, Mum, Rosie's still where she was yesterday. And I thought, oh, Goldie had been up all night. Goldie must have kept her up all night and she's having a sleep in. Let me just go downstairs (laughs) and wake her up and remind her that she's got to move. You stay upstairs. (laughs) And then I went upstairs and I said, oh, uh, Rosie's woken up and moved now. You can come downstairs. I was like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to get away with that for. (laughs) No, probably not too much longer. But I mean, with Elf on the Shelf, I think this is a really classic example of not one size fits all. Because Elf on the shelf, genuinely, I feel nervous about, yeah. not like for future me, because I see so much on Instagram mm. about Elf on the shelf, and it really seems to be the thing to do. And I, I haven't done it yet. I mm. said to a friend literally a few days ago, I am holding off as many years as possible mm. because I just feel like for me, that's going to be stressful at the end of the day Mm. rather than like being really creative and thinking like what can I do which is amazing and some parents are absolutely incredible with Elf on the Shelf like you see some things and you go wow that is so special for them but for me Mm. I'm like oh this is one tradition where I'm actually quite nervous. You might be better with the mum hack that someone a mum made and it is brilliant and I've taken this on board she's like oh my daughter came home from school and she was like how come we don't have elf on the shelf and she goes 
we don't need one. And she's like, why? And she's like, well, why do your friends have Elf on the shelf? Well, to make sure that they're naughty or nice. And she's like, well, you're nice all the time. So you don't need an Elf to check up on you. And she was like, ah, anyway, (laughs) so she went back to school and she's like, guys, I don't need an Elf because he already knows that I'm good. (laughs) And that was it. She's like, I have literally nailed the whole Elf on the shelf. And I'm like, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. And I think that's where it's not one size fits all too, because actually we've really tried to steer clear of the whole, the elf is spying on you for Santa thing. Like they keep mm. going, oh, is is she going back to sell, tell Santa whether we've been naughty or nice? And I've just said, no, 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 she's just here to like have a fun time and be cheeky during December and then she'll go back before Santa comes. Because I'm like, I know Poppy, she's like me the thought of someone spying on her will actually creep her out. This is the first Mm. year that she's said Santa's actually allowed to bring the presents inside the house. (laughs) Up until now, he's had to leave them at the front door and mum and dad bring them inside. So, yeah, we just need to tiptoe gently with that one. Baby steps. Now, talking about baby steps, what are the best presents and useful gift ideas for all the excited family members? How long is a piece of string? I think the thing with presents is that, again, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get it right with the presents that we're giving. And you can go multiple ways. You can go, I want all of the toys that my baby receives to be really promoting their development, helping them reach different milestones. Or you might be going, I don't really care about any of that. I just want them to receive a book from a family member that is really important to that particular family member, or I want them to have an experience. This is one thing that I don't know if you guys have done with your older kids, but especially with Millie, my almost four-year-old, I said to family last year, I don't need stuff in my house. I actually, I need less stuff in my house. I want her to have experiences with you. Oh, that's smart because it's smart. with them as well. Yeah, See, ours, you. ours are experiences with us, no. like the wildlife sanctuary or no. bounce, but that's with even smarter you. that it's with the person. How special. Yeah. Mum hack, number three. <laughs> Absolutely. And an extension of that. So my dad took Millie to the aquarium, which she got about two minutes in and was like, I've seen enough fish, I can go. <laughs> they got a really good photo, which I've converted into a Christmas present for him this year. Oh my god! <gasps> that is just like the full double. Circle. I was going to say the double ender, but double ender dildo. No, it's a full circle moment. <laughs> no, that's full circles. Probably more appropriate yeah. for this episode. Yeah, I think also just remembering, and I think I said this on our rude or fabulous Christmas episode as well, is that your baby doesn't know what's happening. (laughs) So if there are things, you know, life is expensive right now. Mm -hmm. If there are things that your baby needs rather than spending money on Christmas presents and then inevitably having to buy these things that they need, buy the things they need or ask those around you to buy the things you need. I don't think they need to be like these sentimental, stunning presents. Like if there's things that you really need, just ask those around you if they want to spend money to spend it in a way that actually helps you. 100%. And like we are living in a world now where cost of living is a very real consideration for the vast majority of families. Yeah, so we don't want shit. No plastic. No, we don't want shit. We want things that are actually going to be helpful. Like if you have a baby that you know is going to be transitioning onto solid soon, then either part of their Christmas present that you buy them, if you really want them to be unwrapping presents, or you ask family, can you contribute so that we can have some suction bowls or we can have some feeding equipment to really help? Can you help buy a home? 
my chair. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're going to like the wrapping paper or the cardboard box, no matter what's inside. Absolutely. And you know what? The best present that you can give a baby of any age, really, but a baby of under 12 months of age, under two years of age, when they're not really aware of what's going on, is your presence. And I know that sounds so earnest, but it's true. They don't care about what they're getting. They care about the interaction of the person they're getting it from. I love that. I love that. I know Kanye West has been cancelled, but I think he said a similar line once. What did he say? Um, (laughs) My presence is a presence. Kiss my ass. Oh, there oh. we go. Anyway, moving on. I think my dad actually quoted that in my wedding speech. Oh, my God. Anyway, this was the most sent in question. How can I stop everyone from bleeping touching my baby all day? Don't go to Christmas. Just stay at home. <laughs> Just stay at home. No, baby carrier. Baby carrier, baby carrier, baby carrier. If you have a newborn up until like six months of age or even longer, if you're keeping your baby, like if you're using a carrier past that, then use the carrier to the absolute best of your ability when you're out in an event. Even, you know, the um things that you can unzip. Yes. I think I know on um the ergo pouch, hoods. like you, yeah, the ergo baby, like you, the hoods that you actually strap over and it becomes a little cocoon for them. I used to do this when I would go to the shopping centre because all the crazy old people would go, oh, how old, and go and put their hands in and stick in. And if you just put that little hood over, it just stops people. And if anything, they just mm. touch their little feet and it's like, oh, well, well you, I can deal with that. And it sort of avoids that awkward conversation of please don't touch my baby. Yeah, for sure. I've also found in my own experience having setting up sort of a quiet space or a quiet room mm. at different events. So like calling forward, if you know that you've got a particular fam- family member who's got plenty of space, but doing a little pre-planning and going, oh, I just want to set up a space to like set up the port-a-card or just create a quiet space and actually just retreating to that space, making up an excuse. If Which you find like it's getting a bit too overwhelming and people are too handsy, mm. just be like, oh, sorry, I've got to duck away. I've got to change the nappy or like insert excuse here. And then just going away and just having some like mm. downtime for them. Mm. And yourself, of course. And my, and yourself, for sure. And it can be handy to take a monitor, but I will say if you take a monitor and you're taking your partner with you into that room to bitch about a family member, Ooh. just make sure the monitor is turned off. That's Because many, be many people have been caught out at family or doing other things in the room. I don't know what you've got <laughs> the energy for. But if you're going off to bitch about a family member, just make sure the monitor is turned off. Great tip. Love that. Any tips on those family members who like to say like, oh, you're so strict with the routine or, you know, on the opposite end of the thing, you know, oh, you spoil her so much. Oh, it doesn't matter about their sleep for one day or whatever. What little one-liners can we have ready to go, you know, to keep everyone happy, but to also just keep everyone away from you with their unsolicited opinions? I wish I had a one-liner for you to say back to them, which I mean, I, I well, think we do there, have one, but we there just, are there are some that you G. could come up with. But I think internally, the one-liner is you've got to chuck it into the bucket. And what I mean by that is what I speak to a lot of like new parents about, or really any parents that you can use this for, is that when you become a parent, you get thrown so much advice and so many opinions, and everyone wants to put their true sense in that you have to really start honing your skills of going, is this serving me or is it not serving me? And is this just like kind of contributing to the noise? Are you just saying something so that you can like put your true sense in? Mm-hmm. 
if that's the case and you get told, oh, well, like, I just want to kiss his face. I just like, it doesn't matter. It's Christmas. Why are you being so uptight? Don't be an uptight parent, blah, 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 blah. Chuck it into the bucket of noise and go, yep, cool. You're telling me that. That doesn't serve me. That doesn't actually help me. I'm going to chuck it in the bucket of noise. I'm going to smile and wave, move away from you. But this isn't actually helping me. So like, Mm. I'm just going to ignore. I call that Mm. the fuck it bucket. The fuck it bucket. You could turn it, call it the fuck it bucket for sure. Because really we can't control what other people are going to say. And events, events when alcohol are involved and Mm. people are tired and full of the joy of Christmas spirit, they're going (laughs) to say things. Like we can't control that, but we can control what we tell ourselves as a result of it. And I guess remembering if you do have older kids, it's that time of the year that you want to go in. I mean, everyone can parent however they want to parent, but remembering that like your kids do not have to hug anyone. They do not have to Mm. kiss anyone, you know, be their their greatest cheerleader and just say, Mm. you know, would you like to give so-and-so a hug? No. How about a high five? No, I'll give a high five for you. Like, Mm. I just think this is a time of year where kids get forced to just Mm. like appease grown-ups and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. And I, I don't know if you guys have found the same, but this is actually a really good opportunity to set your boundaries as a parent with so many other family members, whether it's the aunties and the uncles or the grandparents. But you have a great opportunity here to set the boundaries as to what you will put up with and what you won't put up with. And so taking it instead of going into it and going, oh, I'm super stressed because like all these people are going to be there and I can't control the way that they're going to pay. Yeah. Going, no, I can't. But this is also a really great opportunity to go into this because the thing is, is that when you become a parent, no one else sees you as a parent yet. Mm. Like you have to be introduced, reintroduced to them. You're the way that you sit within a hierarchy within families. You're, you will always be someone's niece, but they haven't seen you yet as the parent of someone else. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Mm. And so you have to really, uh, and sometimes it takes a real concerted effort to go, no, I'm the one who is the expert in my child. I know Mm. what they need. I understand that you don't have the same perspective as me, but this is a really good opportunity for me to set my boundaries of what I'm happy with and what I'm comfortable with and kind of going from there. Like events can be a really good way of setting the scene That's in terms so of what you will stand for as a parent. It is really, really overwhelming though. Like regardless of how much we can c- try and control, like I do remember having my first child and you are in a room full of people and you like pop mm. the dummy in, or I remember I had the dummy in my mouth and, and my partner did mm. as well. And older people would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, don't put the dummy in your mouth. That's so bad for the baby. And there'd just be these off comments everywhere. How long does the baby have the dummy in for oh no might have buck teeth it's like okay this is all too much but I feel like you know as a not even as a people pleaser there is there actually a word that you can say to not shut them down but just shut the conversation off I remember when we Mm. did the episode with Yara on boundary setting and something that really stuck with me I think is it called sports casting or something so you might have your bub in the carrier and someone will be like oh my gosh like you've had her in there for so long like do you ever put her down and you speak to the baby but out loud Mm. in a way that it's like you're actually talking to them so it's like oh I don't know you look pretty happy in there don't you you look pretty Mm. comfy and happy I think we're gonna keep you in there for 
now. And it kind of like there's nothing that the person can really say to you after that. Yeah, so true. And you could also just say, thanks. Thanks for your advice. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that works too, doesn't like, it? Because really, it's acknowledging that they've been heard. Because and that's really they what they're telling you in that experience of going, oh, don't put the dummy in your mouth, blah, blah, blah. They're just wanting to contribute and feel like they're making a meaningful contribution yeah. to your overall parenting. So if you acknowledge that and go, thank you, like, what are you going to say to that? Like Nothing. you can't, like it's, it shuts down the conversation. Great. It doesn't invite any more opinions, but it's really just acknowledging like, thanks for your opinion. You say that to my husband all the time. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for that. And then move away. What do we think is a realistic amount of places that someone can be expected to go with a baby? In one day? Yeah. In one day. I think it depends on a whole range of factors, how much you're traveling. I think that in essence, the less movement and the less places to be, the better it's going mm. to end up for you, not only during the event, but in the days after the event. Agreed. Do you guys, have you had to move around a lot during Christmas or has it been something where you've only kind of stuck to one event per day kind of thing? I mean, I feel like I, I'm somewhat lucky in the way that my parents are still together and my husband's parents are still together. So it's not like we have to take into account, you know, blended families or anything like that. And we have tried really hard every year to say we are picking one destination for the day and that is it. And that has worked well for us so far. So it means we don't have to worry about like who's driving, who's not driving, who's going where. As you say, you can set up that safe place and yeah we've never moved around a lot my families live in different states so we either Mm -hmm. merge the ones that are up in this state or we merge the ones that are in that state and then we alternate so usually it is just one but I do know that it is incredibly challenging for a lot of families out there at this time because one you've got to have the oh sorry we can't do this this year and then someone's you're always going to disappoint someone and Mm. especially if you've got a new bub everyone wants to see the fresh baby so like what are some tips on how to to deal with that? I think that some of this is out of our control. We can't control when other family members are going to have events, but we can absolutely control how we communicate to those family members in the lead up. For example, setting the scene of going, I know that we usually do this big Christmas lunch, but maybe we can only stay for maybe two, three hours. We're just going to see how we go with our baby and see how Mm. they're kind of adapting because we do have to be in multiple places. And if you're having to go to dinner, in a separate location as well. Like all of my childhood, I would go to two separate events every day and we loved it. But when I tried to do it as a parent with my newborn baby, or well, not newborn, but like a 10 month old baby, it is really challenging and it creates a lot of issues down the track Mm. with overstimulated, overtired babies. But always come back to you are the expert in your family and you're the expert in your baby. So you're going to know in your gut how much is too much. Mm. And no one else can really tell you that. But really setting the scene with open communication going, I know that we do this big event. It might not look the same this year. We're just going to play it by year. Just giving you Mm. the heads up is really, really important. And then also just trying to tailor your day according to your baby's nap times can be really important. So thinking about if they have pretty set naps, then 
trying to make sure that you're in transit during those naps. So they, if they do sleep in the car, they can get a really good chunk of sleep mm. prior to the event. Then you don't have to stress about putting them down while you're having lunch or while you're there and then putting them back in the car to go to the next event. But it's really going to be so dependent on the child and what your individual needs are. And coming back to this is such a time of joy and happiness that just got to think about what is it about this day, Christmas day or the lead up to this, that's really going to bring all of us the most joy and be the least stressful and kind of going with that option and just openly communicating with everyone else just so that you can kind of achieve that as best as possible. I think all of that is so bang on. And I think also reminding those around you that like Christmas Eve can be special or Boxing Mm. Day can be special. I think sometimes all this emphasis to do absolutely everything. I mean, we're doing Christmas Day an entire week early with my husband's side of the family because they're going to be in a different location on Christmas day. And I'm like, how amazing that number one for presents, like my kids are going to get presents one day and then have a freaking breather, have Mm. an entire week that they can actually play or, you know, soak in those presents and then, you know, do the rest of it another day rather than just like seeming like ungrateful, spoiled brats going (laughs) from like one thing to the other where they just don't know like what's up and what's down. Exactly. I We absolutely are doing a very similar thing this year. Like we're on the 16th, we're doing one side of the family and then it's literally split, split over about three different dates, which just works so much better for everyone. And you can feed it back to the way to kind of twist this so that other family members are on board. Because there are some people out there who are so attached to the 25th of December. They're like, if I don't see you on the 25th of December, then this is going, like all hell is going to break loose. Yeah which I get, but what you can say in response to that is going, I really, it's so important to me that we can give you as much time and space to spend a really, like this really important day, this really important season with insert baby's name here or children's name here. We just want to find the best way so that you can get the most out of this Christmas experience Mm, with our children because that's really important to us. And it's absolutely true, but it's also making your life easier in the process because Mm. it is, it's so much nicer. Like if you don't have to be anywhere, it's all so much more relaxed. It's easier for your children when they're not moving from location to location. And the end result is that everyone involved in that event and that experience is going to be so much lighter and more joyous and like merry as possible (laughs) which is what it's meant to be about (laughs) it's a merry christmas damn it (laughs) this is an interesting one photo consent how do we go about Mm. this one interesting question i think it really still does come back to communication it's also the added complication with this is that we've got it's not just taking photos of children in that moment but it's also the uploading of them to social media and so it really comes down to we if we lived in the perfect world then other people would have the nas the common sense approach that they either wouldn't take photos of children especially if they're just in their bathers or dressed down to a nappy that they wouldn't be taking those in the first place and they wouldn't be sharing them unfortunately we don't live in that world and so we actually have to be really careful in terms of keeping our children safe and making sure that we limit the exposure that they have through um, having their photo taken or videos taken 
So that will be done in different ways. I always talk to families about the importance of really open communication in the lead up to events, like sending a text message prior to an event starting or having a phone call, whatever works best for you. I'm a big advocate for the text message, (laughs) but you just give a heads up and say, Hey guys, it looks like it's going to be a really hot day. It's very likely that if there's a pool involved or splash pool or one of those, any water activity, can we just, just a heads up, I'm not comfortable with anything being posted on social media if it involves my children. And then it really, it puts the onus back on the person taking Mm. the photo to make sure that they're doing the right thing. But it, it absolutely is a time in summer in general is a time where it's really front of mind for a lot of parents that we're keeping our children safe in the digital world, not just in the present physical mm. world. And similarly, or I guess some ways similar, what about people feeding your baby food that you don't want them to mm. feed? And That's this is really oh, hard. This is, it's so hard. And I actually just did an episode on my own podcast with a mum who is an allergy mum and she spoke about navigating allergies yeah, and severe allergies, especially with events. Unfortunately, what I learned through having that discussion is that a lot of the pressure gets put back on the parents to really make sure that they're communicating very well with the people who are hosting the event. At the end of the day, if you have a child who can't speak up for themselves, you have to be their voice. And by being their voice, I mean, you have to be there with them. Whenever food's around, you have to just keep a close eye and literally just be by their side. That's the best way to protect them. Because again, going back to the conversation just before, in the perfect world, you wouldn't have people feeding your child, but we don't live in the perfect world. So we need to kind of fill that gap and make sure that we're just, and it doesn't mean you have to be right next to them every step of the way, but you just have to be within close proximity where you can keep an eye on what they are taking and what they're not. Because it comes down to as well, there's like, you can have a whole table full of just food out. Yeah, and mm. with that, there's nuts, and there's yeah. and there's di- like things on the of, ground, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. It might not be anyone else's problem or issue that they're kind of overstepping a boundary. It's just by, by virtue of having an event, we've got these kind of high allergen foods everywhere mm. on the table. So just being really mindful of that and keeping a close eye at the time and keeping those foods elevated when we can is a really good way. Do you have any hacks? I guess this is at the forefront of my mind because Pearl is now 10 months old. So she is so, so busy. And I guess I'm lucky at my parents' place because it's their like fifth grandchild, I think, that they have a baby gate there. But I would be Mm. so conscious if I was going to someone's house, you know, maybe they're child free or, you know, empty Mm. nesters or whatever. Like, is there anything we can take or do to stop us from literally being like on the edge of our seat the entire day? (laughs) Alicia. Not to use the edge of the seat pun, but like I use chairs. So I'll just put chairs on their side. Have you guys done everything, anything else? Like it's, it's hard. Like you've got to make shift it, don't you? Well, Pearl just pulls the chair then onto herself. And I'm like, was that oh, worse no, I put than it the, on the step side. itself? I tip oh, it on the on side. on the side. So it's already fallen over. Mm, it's <laughs> it's, fallen it's over. done that part yeah. for her. That's really smart. She's broken it down. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't leave the chair there. Like the chair will go down the stairs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I tip it on the side. And if you've got like a good chair, it kind of acts as a, as a great sort of thing. So like with bars. But yeah, that's that's what I've done in the past. There's no surefire fix. And 
it's it's the knickknacks around as yeah. well where you end up going around and just picking up everything because and glass tables my my mum has a glass coffee table and I can't tell you how much I hate that thing my mum has just gotten rid of her glass coffee table and I've never so had such a sigh of relief before <laughs> I think it was for aesthetic reasons not for the safety of the children but either way I'm taking it <laughs> love that well well mum's just got glass everything in her house and you are going to go to houses where you're like and they will find everything we know mm. what what toddlers are like. If there is something that they shouldn't be getting their hands on, then they will absolutely beeline for it. So yeah, there's a lot of this sort of stuff is out of our control, but we are going to have to be on high alert, which is why a lot of the time we are going to be leaving these events going, we are absolutely exhausted. Exhausted. Like it is exhausting. And I think with something like that, maybe it is a good thing to divvy up the responsibility Mm. with your partners to, so you're not both exhausted, say, Hey, I'm going to do half of the day or I'm going to do one hour. You can do the other. So one's socialising and then the other one can focus on the child because otherwise you're already having half conversations. You're already half Mm. eating, especially when you are eating. Say, you know what, you eat and actually enjoy your meal and then we can swap over after that. Even if it's half hourly making that really conscious, like I'm tapping out now, you're tapping Mm. in and then it's like that is your responsibility. And I think similarly having that chat beforehand, you know, if you do have a partner kind of going this look or this word means, you know, especially if you're at their side of the family, this is my safe word, (laughs) (laughs) not the rude finger. (laughs) Oi, when I flip you the bird, that means I've had enough of your mum. But, you know, like to say like, we're retreating to the quiet room or Mm. I'm getting close to the edge of my limit because sometimes you don't know when that's going to be until the event is happening. Exactly. And this is where the quiet room comes into its own because it's actually not only for your child, it's mostly for you. And if you find I'm definitely someone, I'm not an events person. I get so drained from being in large groups of people. And so being able to step away and just calm to then go back out and have the like the numerous conversations and all the things is really protective for you as well. It's a really great space to be able to reboot and recharge. My husband needs a calm room wherever he goes. <laughs> he gets exhausted very quickly in a crowd. I think in general, anyone just needs a calm room in parenting anyway. Seriously. Like you just need, you just need a Zen room to be able to like... There were quite a few people who wrote in saying they're doing their first road trip on Mm. Christmas Day, whether that be to get to one location or to go from one location to the other. Amongst us, surely we've got a few tips on getting through road trips. Definitely. If you're going to be doing a long haul drive, starting earlier in the day is going to be great. Or if you're in a routine or a flow with your day, we know that your baby's going to be going down for a sleep at 10 a.m., for example, aiming to leave just prior Mm. to that time so that you can get as much out of that sleep. You're not going to verge into overtired territory where you've got a baby that just doesn't want to sleep the whole trip. Just a little side note, the first Christmas that I had, we had a hour and 45 minute drive to my grandmother's with my 10 month old baby and my lovely husband 
husband gave her jelly before we left. <laughs> and so she was as high as a kite <laughs> on sugar and did not sleep the entire way. And it just turned out to be an absolute nightmare the entire day. Yeah. So maybe just don't give jelly before a long haul like sugar. And I think don't leave, like plan to leave as the nap is meant to start. Because when you have a young baby, you're probably taking the kitchen sink with you. The packing yep. of the car will always take longer than you expect and all of a sudden the baby will be crying in your arms. You can't help with the packing of the car. Things get even further delayed. I reckon if they normally sleep at 10, aim to leave at 9 and you'll probably leave at 10, 10 30. Yeah. And yeah. I agree. Either I reckon either get up early at like four and hope they fall back to sleep in the car. You'll probably be so mm. ruined by the end of the day. Maybe don't do that on Christmas. <laughs> or you aim to leave when it's their biggest nap. Yep. And another Absolutely. one I think if you've got like one, if it's your first baby or a newborn, take the stress out of being the passenger if your mm. partner's driving and just sit next mm. to them. Because mm. I used to always be in the front. And I'd be like, oh, the dummy's out. Oh, she's crying. Oh, I can't do anything. And my neck would get sore. But if I had just sat next to her because I knew this was going to be, you know, a little bit of a longer drive than my normal drive, it would have taken the stress out of me, yeah. which also obviously mm. takes the stress out of your child. That's one of the hardest things about having three kids. Yeah, you got to know when where to go. When your kid lo- like. And Pearl, when she was younger, she hated the car. There was nowhere I could go. And so I'm mm. twisted backwards, trying not to get a fine because, you know, your shoulder yes. is not perfectly <laughs> underneath your seatbelt. You do. Your spine is just completely twisted. I would ask mm. Poppy for the millionth time to put the dummy back in and she'd start eye rolling and I'd just be like, I just need my butt to be able to wedge somewhere and I'm not <laughs> I'm not sitting in like the foot trough. No, no not today. <laughs> but I agree. Setting yourself up in the back to Take some headphones into the back so that if you need some kind of white noise on over the speaker, you can still listen to something else in the back. 100%. Um, Listen to a podcast. And I think don't risk the stop. There's so many times we've been Mm -hmm. on a road trip and we're like, it's fine, we'll just get petrol once we've started and all the kids are asleep and you stop for one second to get petrol and they feel that car stop moving and they wake up. Don't even stop for drive-through. Don't They know when you're at that window and they will wake up. Just keep going. Keep going, son, until (laughs) they wake up on their own. Momentum is the key with driving and you just keep on going. Keep on going until you get to your destination. Because, oh, my God, so true. The amount of times that we have tried to chance it getting McDonald's and it has absolutely backfired. Backfired. They have a sixth sense. They do. They just have this ability. Do you know how much those French fries smell? I could smell that from further away than just the car. I know know when those things are getting crazy oil. I know they're within a (laughs) kilometre. Exactly. And and kids, three-year-olds especially, have an uncanny knack for identifying whenever chicken nuggets and chips are within about a one-kilometre radius. They see the gold They see the sun. Yeah, Yeah, I've never lost that skill. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, speaking about the car, Uh, And this is probably more general car chat, but we are in summer and Christmas day is likely to be on the warmer side for a lot of us. And so just being really mindful of what we're actually dressing our babies in Mm. because events mean that we want to use the finest clothes that we have in our cupboard, which as we all know who've been there, if we have size triple zero clothes or double zero clothes, there are only a few opportunities that you get to whip out the like Mm fanciest of clothes you usually got your baby in a onesie 
but just be mindful. You might actually want to dress them down before getting in the car so that they're only in like Mm. a cotton sort of top or whatever that looks like for them. And then actually dressing them into their outfit when you arrive before you go into the event, because thinking about just those really breathable fabrics, we want to have cotton-based clothing because it breathes and it means that they're not going to get overheated basically. And car seats are already very, very hot environments. So being mindful of the type of fabric that you're putting onto them, if you are putting them in the car seat, or just getting them dressed afterwards can mean it's a far smoother car ride when you get there. And also they're not going to chuck up and just chuck on their nice, mm. lovely clothes before they arrive. And it's all kind of, yeah. And another thing to add on to that is if you don't have tinted windows or you don't have one of those shade things for the mm. car and it is beaming in the sun, I used to hate that when it was like my, I knew it was in her eyes. I'm like, she's not, she either is going to sleep because the sun's her eyes, mm. she's got to close her eyes mm. or getting a towel, making it nice and, um, you know, dark so they can have a little bit mm. of a rest if you're going from A to B. For sure. Speaking of nice outfits, you've already poo-pooed on this, but I really love the Santa photo. And I'm not saying it because nice outfits. I love it. I My just kids are going to wear whatever they want this year. But <laughs> I think if you do want one, because I love looking Everyone back on one. it over the years, they're some of my favourite photos just because it's so like, you know, really delineates each year. What I've done this year is there's like Santa photos on the beach near my house. You can suss out like different places where you can actually book in a slot because I agree the thought of going to a shopping center, waiting in the line, you know, your kids are throwing a tantrum. All they want to do is either go and touch Santa or run as far (laughs) away from Santa as possible, not doing that again. So you Mm. could suss out like there's people doing cool stuff now where they like set up a studio and you just like book a time and you come in you know, every five minutes someone comes through and I just think then you get the photos but you also don't have to wait in the line at the mall. My kids actually don't even like Santa so when they see that it's vacant, they sit in the seat and Santa's not even in it. Oh, but you get your photo. Yeah, that's That's what mum did this year and I was like sitting at home, she sent me the photo, I'm like, oh my God, that was great. She probably just saved herself like 65 (laughs) bucks as well. Exactly. (laughs) And and speaking to that as well, going back to the cost of living, not everyone can afford to get Santa photos this year. Like I cannot tell you the amount of people that I'm seeing as a maternal child health nurse who are like, I just can't afford that stuff. But let's go back to what is it about the Christmas photo that we love? We love the joy. We love the celebration that time. You can very easily get your children dressed up in their lovely outfit and sit them in front of a Christmas tree. Totally. And it doesn't have to be this big event. If If you think to yourself, I would rather crawl in a hole than go to Chadston shopping centre or insert shopping centre here in December, then that's so fine. Don't put the pressure on yourself. Just like, just make it work for you. Which ties in beautifully with one of our other questions. Someone wrote in saying, where can I get matching pyjama sets? And I think that's a really easy idea if you want to take your own photo because you all are matching Christmassy and then it's done and everyone's comfy. But where do you get your PJ sets from? Well, mine this year is hashtag sponsored. Oh, here she goes. Here she goes. <laughs> We've got really cute not naff ones from Piyama. 
lovely. I don't know if I could say any others due to exclusivity. Oh, my God. So someone I else will. can take it away. Another one rhymes with Notton Con. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that, if, you, if you haven't got that, that's Cotton On. Cotton On have really good PJs. Yeah. They got really good PJs. From those of us who don't have sponsorships for yeah. PJs. Yeah. <laughs> my code is not kidding. <laughs> Peter Alexander, they always have deals on. Peter Alexander is great. But to be honest, you could go to Kmart, you can go to Target. Mm. They've got Best and Less have ripper ones. Like there are yeah, so best and less many great. great ones. Yep. Yeah. Aldi, actually. I saw some in yes. Aldi last week and I was like, wow. Coming into this time of year, you must have been having so many parents asking you questions, Claire. Is there anything else that's mm. come up time and time again that has been worrying people ahead of the holiday season? Yeah, I think absolutely. The the navigating sleep in a different environment is one is mm. a conversation I'm having with quite like quite routinely with different parents. And what I always come back to is just remembering that trying to emulate the sleep environment that they have at home that they're used to and try and emulate that as much as possible when you're going to these events. So within that quiet space that we've spoken about, trying to make sure that you have really quite dim lighting, take along with you, actually, this is a hack, take Ooh. along with you some aluminium foil. What? Because, yes. Not so for the roast turkey. Not, <laughs> not for the turkey, but for the windows. So the thing with going to different houses Isn't is that, what that there is like... in houses have? Are we turning yeah. everyone's house into a cracked in? <laughs> it will look similar to, however, different uh, different end result. Okay. But basically you are taking it to be able to attach it to the window. And the way that you do that, you literally get a damp cloth and just wipe the cloth over the window, attach the foil, it sticks to it automatically, and it will create a darker environment because there is nothing worse than going and like having your like separate space set up and realizing I can't actually make this room dark at they've all. A, they've got shears, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Like one of am I going to do? So having something like that up your sleeve or a blockout blind as well. There are a few different blinds that you can actually buy specifically for babies so that you can put them up on the window and create a darker sleep environment. All these new, th- are they new, these things called slumber pods or something that you can put oh, over the top of yes. porticots? I've heard about them. To be honest, I don't know a heap about them and I don't know if they would actually classify as being a safe sleep environment. Yeah. But I only say that because I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen. I haven't seen one in action. What is it like a sack you just put over? The, no, it's like, like a, dome, a blackout dome that you put over the top of the porticot. And yeah, I haven't looked at them close enough. But mm. the people I've seen promoting it, I would assume it is safe. But I also don't know. But I've been looking at it because I'm like, Sounds it great. would be great to travel with when you don't yeah. know what the room is going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really good option for people to look into. And then thinking about that sleep environment, if your child goes to bed with a sleep sack or a sleeping bag, bring the sleeping bag with you, bring any blankets because it will smell like their sleep environment. Mm. So don't rely on others to provide blankets for you. Bring your own because all of these very small details are going to make a really big impact, hopefully, when you're actually at the event and setting up their space. And then if they're older than seven months of age, that's when we can start bringing in comforter toys as well. And then 
like bringing that with you, bringing anything that can really emulate their sleep environment at home is generally going to make it much smoother transition when you're out at an event for sure. And I was joking about the monitor before, but, and it <laughs> sounds like a lot to pack because you, you know, you, you're worried that you're like being over the top, but there's actually mm. nothing, nothing worse than when you get your baby down and it's finally time that you can relax. Mm. And then the only room you've had to put your baby down in is miles away from where you are. Everyone's talking heaps, so you can't hear anything. And then your one chance to relax, you can't relax because you're like checking that your baby's not crying every two minutes. So even like FaceTiming someone's phone or bringing your monitor with you means that you can actually enjoy that precious downtime, which is so rare on a day like that. There's actually an app that Greta and I used when we were away because we had Gia, my niece, and it was $10 and her phone sat in there. And we took my phone out of the room because we were having dinner and you could hear every noise you can mute. You can even talk into the other phone if they needed to hear it. And it was phenomenal. So that is a cheaper version if you don't necessarily need a monitor 24-7 mm. and you just need it for an occasion. Yeah, just that one day. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to sew was if you do introduce a comforter, Mm. For fuck's sake, make sure that you put a post-it note or a reminder or something before you get in the car if you're traveling because if you forget that comforter and your child relies on that or a certain dummy, you're screwed. Mm. And never the day's over. Never buy a limited edition comforter. Ever. <laughs> no, never. Or one from Aldi because they don't get it in stock again. Yes, exactly. If you are buying, oh, real chat, <laughs> if there's anyone out there listening and they go, I really want to buy a very special comforter toy for my, my baby this Christmas, which I actually think is a really beautiful Christmas present. Not a jelly cap. They're too expensive. Amen. Give them as presents or get them as presents. But um, yes, find a comforter toy. Buy two. Don't buy one, buy two, keep it in the cupboard for the time that your child inevitably loses it or you forget it and it's just, yeah, you've got something there to be able to just grab onto and it is the same thing. Hide them though, hide them. My sister-in-law bought five for my niece. She found them all one day and now she insists on sleeping with five. She still has her main favourite one, but she loves to have them all now and she's like, do I need to go back and buy 15? (laughs) No, you don't. No, you do not. Oh, my God, I'm obsessed with that. That is just like the exact definition of like, oh, no, 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 I'll still be the boss of the household. No, you will not. Boss baby. Actually, one question that came in a bit, and I'm not sure if you can talk to this, but what's Mm. the deal with breastfeeding and drinking? Mm. So the party line is that you shouldn't be drinking and breastfeeding uh, within a certain time frame. Like it all depends on how many standard drinks you've had. It also depends. Everyone metabolizes alcohol in a different way as well. So it's really coming back to if you're drinking and you feel like it's at all affecting you, then it is absolutely going to be in higher doses in your breast milk. But I really recommend anyone out there who is breastfeeding, download the Feed Me app, which is an app specifically designed, I think it's by Curtin University in um, Western Australia in combination with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. And that actually allows you to put in how many standard drinks you've had and how what the length of time is before you can safely breastfeed the next time. So yeah, that is definitely something that's um, front of mind, but it's it is going to be very dependent. Everyone processes alcohol in different ways. If you're unsure and you just want to be on the safe side, it's always better just to not be drinking and stick to the mocktails instead of the cocktails over Christmas. 
Or bring a bottle with you. A bottle of wine. A bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, if you're bringing the bottle of wine, maybe bring a bottle for the baby at the same time. <laughs> or bring, yes, or bring, a, or bring a bottle of express milk. For sure. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah for yes. sure. Correct. Just speaking very quickly to um, the technology when you're in different environments. Another thing that you can do is actually on iPhones, particularly, you can set it up so that you can play white noise through your iPhone. Mm. So I've got an explainer on my Safe Hands page, but that's another way that if your child is sleeping with white noise, but you don't want to bring the whole like contraption and all that, then, or you forget it, then you can set white noise on your phone as well. Sorry. We'll just, we've got a dog and we've a, got a dog. And a dog and <laughs> Shut the door, baby, quick. And you've got to be really quiet because we're, we're still recording. Santa took my card. Santa, Santa took, took your card? card. And there's only oh. three What? Is that a good thing or a bad That's thing? Great. That means he's got your gift ideas. Sensational. Sitting, Juno. Everyone, Yumi and Juno have joined us. I think that means that it's time to go. <laughs> time to go. Thank you so much, for Claire, for coming back on. We will hopefully speak to you again in the new year and we hope everyone has a relaxing Christmas. But you do have one more episode from us you before don't. we wrap it up for the year. But Yumi, say Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry no, Christmas. hang on, say Merry, Merry Christmas, Bumpies. Merry Christmas, puppies. Yeah, woo! Thank you, Claire. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.